How come you're always helping everybody and getting paid back for well? That's the way I am, you know. I'm a little hard-headed. They say, Dusty Rhodes, how come you don't look like Ric Flair and have all them muscles and pretty body? Well, I like the nightlife just a little bit better than I like the damn gym, Jack. You understand? As long as I can get out and do it better than anybody, and as long as I make more money per night than any athlete in this country, and as long as I make a half a million dollars a year, I don't really give a damn what they think out there. Can you dig that? I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope you can. Lord, I hope you can. Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphen Nation. I am your host, Helen Conley, a.k.a. B-Hyphen, a.k.a. Awkward David Rose. Today's episode is a return to the classic Hyphen Nation form, because me and Mark Robb, Mark and Show Mad Love Robinson, uh, we got together after Rascalcast a few weeks ago, and we were talking about uh, the potential for Creed 3 and Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan, whether or not he can act. And we talked a lot about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what hasn't worked for us so far. And of course, uh, Jonathan Majors is a big part of Creed 3. He's a big part of the MCU's next phase with being Kang. Um, I didn't want to put this episode out without some kind of disclaimer because a few weeks ago, Jonathan Majors was arrested for assaulting a woman in New York City. He was arrested, released without bail. There was text messages that came out not that long ago kind of saying that the, the, the texts were essentially saying that, oh, it was kind of my fault that he did that. But there's been nothing dropped. Nothing has changed. Everything's kind of still up in the air. So um, because we believe women here at Hyphen Nation and, you, and at Hyphen Podcast Group, um, just just want to do a little trigger warning in case anybody is is um has been or is easily affected by you know, seeing the glorification of, of potential, of alleged assault by uh, people that we're talking about here. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Jonathan Majors. I just wanted to say that in that event, uh, you can skip this one, and that all of this was done prior to these allegations. So there may be a lot of praise for Jonathan Majors, but we in no way condone what he may have possibly done. And I just wanted to say that up front before we get into the episode proper. So appreciate y'all listening. And I'm going to just hand over to Mark Rob and me in the past. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks, y'all. Tomorrow, I hit up Creed and IMAX. I, I was literally um, just thinking about what I was going to tell you when I was going to go see Creed. So, you, oh, IMAX? Is that what you're doing? They shot in IMAX. Oh, so I'm, I'm seeing it. Not, yeah. So, apparently, the fight style is shot in, like, like, anime. Uh, Mike. Yeah, so yeah, I just saw that people, this morning. So I'm really curious to see how that looks in IMAX. Um, Hero said that he thought it worked. It worked for him. So, uh, so, um, so I think because I, I listened to um, I listened to the Sean Fantasy podcast, uh-huh. and and they were like they didn't like it, but uh, they don't watch anime, right? So. 
they probably I don't want to sound like uh, uh, I don't want to sound like pretentious, but like to say that, oh, they don't get it. Like you like what you like. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Right. Um, but I'm really curious because I'm, I'm like envisioning Dragon Ball Z punches through the sternum. So but <laughs> right. uh, so I'm like really curious. John, the like, major's going. Basically. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of envisioning. Lines. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm envisioning like hyper aggressive, like overly dramatic body shots and like jabs and shit. So I, I don't think the story's going to be any. I mean, we. If we looked at Rocky Three, we know what the story is going to be. Right. So, uh, so I, I we can guess what the story is going to be. So I'm just really trying to figure out if um, how Michael B direct direction is and seeing how well Jonathan Majors does, and also to see like the fight choreography. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm knocking that Billy Bob out. Um, I might check it out next weekend because um tomorrow I got I got an appointment get my hair braided in the morning and then I'm I'm supposed to go hit up E Studio at some point to record the song I did over his beat. So besides oh, that, okay, yeah. So uh, beyond that, I don't expect there to be too much um for that. And then Sunday, like I said, we got the meet, so we got to leave um decent time because she competes in the afternoon, but. Her meets take like three hours, so I think she competes at like one thirty or something. So by the time we're done, it'll be five. And we gotta drive back from Johnstown, um, and then get home and get everything situated for the next week. So next weekend, um, I, I might just leave right out of work and change clothes and then head right to the movie theater, honestly, and, and go check it out. That sounds like a plan. Catch a catch a matinee, because you know how I feel about Creed one and Creed two. It just felt like he like he was over he was over angry the whole movie i know it didn't have kugler but nah yeah creed creed 2 creed 2 wasn't that good like, I didn't, it, I didn't like the it. fighting the the fighting was it but if you just watch the fighting the training montage and the fight on youtube you you've, you've watched creed 2 so that's that's not a good thing. Um, he had like no range in this in that movie. He was literally just mad, like looked so mad and angry. Like the whole movie, that was like where he stayed. Like Adonis in the first movie, yeah, he had that chip. But then when he's with Bianca, and then he, when him and Rocky's relationship were growing, like that, you could really tell that he was opening up and like he was being softer and everything like that. But the second movie is like he's just like I don't have Ryan. I'm just going to sit and be like this and get my paycheck. I mean, yeah, because really I mean, he had. He, he also has Stallone to give to at least so it, people don't. It's so weird that people don't consider. Well, maybe it's not in the forefront of people's mind, but people don't consider Stallone a good actor. He's he's a pretty solid actor, and especially they put him in the action I, hero box. You know that. I will legit say, if you talk about like dramatic performances of his career, you can make the argument that was the best performance that. Of, of of his entire career mm-hmm. in Creed one and and you Absolutely. know you know how I feel about you know how I feel about Michael B. Jordan. You're, you're um so uh it's not it's it's not that I'm not a fan. You can't but... act you won't say that and say you're not a fan. <laughs> hey man. Hey. Master P couldn't act, but I love I got the hookup. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I know how much time you have. But let's have the Michael B. Jordan conversation right now. Yeah, if you want to do 10 minutes, we'll do 10 minutes real quick. 
I say just go with it while we're in the moment. Okay. So Okay. Michael B. Jordan, man. Can the the this is the this is the bedrock question. Can Michael B is Michael B. Jordan a good actor? That's the fundamental question of his career. Okay. So far to me, it it's not is Michael B. Jordan charismatic. It's not is he a, a decent hang went on screen. It's it's like none of that. Like the skill of acting. Right. Like, are you a good actor or not? I, I think that I, I know I know I live in the gray a lot, but I think the binary of are you a good actor, yes or no? And if you ask me, like the answer is just no. Like I, I think that his acting is it doesn't feel really naturalistic. It doesn't feel in a, in a lot of his performances, it doesn't feel naturalistic. It always feels as if he is either restrained in some way or he doesn't know how to fully be in, in the role. But the only exception to that, I will say, are certain parts of Black Panther. Okay. Okay. Now, the thing is with Black Panther, though, if you, if you think about the list of all the actors in Black Panther, Forrest Whitaker, R.P. to the God, um uh Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. you know, um we uh Lupita Youngo, mm-hmm. like he was in the midst and going against all these other incredible actors. You know, every person I named, Forrest Chat, Angela Lupita, can they act? It's not even a question. Absolutely they can act. Yes. And so for him, I think in that role, it really did force him to elevate to this to another level and for him wasn't an amazing oh uh who who's his dad the um his dad in the movie um from this is us right i can i can uh, see his face sh- uh, sure uh oh my god sheldon not sheldon um um hold on hold on i'm almost there Unless my Wi-Fi decides to be like, what are you doing? Um, Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown, yeah, Sheldon. Sterling <laughs> K. Brown, yes. So even in that one scene with Sheldon K. Brown with him, Sheldon K. Brown is tap dancing on the brick. He is dancing around him in, in his acting skill, right? But the thing is, because he's around these other actors who are world-class, there is something in that performance that he did bring out mm-hmm. that that was a pretty solid performance. But everything else that he's been in, even in this may be blasphemous, but even like Fruitville, I, I understand the, the gravity of Fruitville and the story of Fruitville. But if you... But if you look at that movie outside of the end of Fruitvale and you look at the 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 three-fourths of the movie before Oscar got killed, it, if you would ask me, is that like a great, like, oh, he's going to be a star? I would have said, I don't see it. I, like, flat out. Um, I, I don't really count The Wire because, like, he's so young. He's very he, young. He's a, He's a kid, so... Um, so I, I don't necessarily hold that against him, but it just always seems like it, it, it doesn't feel really natural. It feels like he's recalling lines 
to say the lines to the actor rather than being in the moment with them mm-hmm. and then just acting like i don't like even the idea of like improv like i don't feel like he i don't i, I don't have ever seen him really improv anything like i feel like he's going by what the director tells him what's on the script but he's not really putting himself into the role to become that actor right well was that character i should say mm-hmm. so I think, for, I mean, and I don't think this movie's going to really change that, but I will say Jonathan Majors, you know, because he is this extraordinary actor. He's an actor. Yeah, but the, I think you're going to see more from him way more than you see Michael B. in this movie. Um, and that's just, a, that's just a guess. This is some stuff I heard, but um, it's Michael B. It's, it's Jonathan Majors, like, like I, I think this is a great example, a great, a great exercise. The movie, have you seen the last, um, last Black Man in San Francisco? No, I've not seen that movie. I know I've read so, the review of it, but I've not watched it. So that was his first. That was his first film, and it wasn't even a major film. It was a super independent movie, mm-hmm. and the person that Michael B. Jordan was acting opposite of, we haven't heard from him since. Like that was that, that like, was his only role, and he was the star of the movie technically. Dang, but Mike, but Michael B. Jordan was so good in that movie, and so talented that you, there was no way that you were not going to see Michael B. Jordan in the future. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was that kind of performance, and he's and he's acting with Danny Glover in that movie. He's acting with um, Tanisha Arnold in that movie. Um, but the 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 guy who was the actual star of the film, we haven't seen him since that movie came out. If you would have put, let's say we don't have Fruitville, let's say we don't have Creed, if you put Michael B. Jordan and Last Black Man in San Francisco as the lead, and you put Jonathan Majors and his character in the same string play out, I don't think you ever hear from Michael B. Jordan again. Damn. Damn. Like, like it's like, but again, is he is he handsome? Is he charismatic? Yes. Is he is he charming? Yes. Yeah, he has that. He's so, that. I mean, so it's it's okay if someone's a face. Yeah. You know, like, like someone like Brad Pitt, like who who loves being a character actor, and he's a face also, but he has the talent to like really be into any role that you want to put him in. But I mean, sometimes some people are just a face, and I Michael B. Jordan is a face, and it's it, it, I don't know. It, it, it may sound like I'm disrespecting him in his craft, like it's just I don't think it's disrespectful. But at the same time, like you know, if we if we if we had a list of like the the best like ten young black actors under forty, I mean, is he the is he ranking in ten in in the ten like? I can I like almost everyone under forty and the Woman King, um, all the actors that we just named under forty, we can um, fucking um, and even folks we have like Brian Tyree Henry, um, you know, um, uh, Get Out Kid, who's who's the kid in Get Out again, Um, Kiki Palmer, yeah, like you know what I'm saying, like you know it's. Like he's he's good. He's serviceable. He's a face. Like if you want to like have a draw, like 
I mean, shit, I don't even know if he's a really a draw. Like, I think we're going to Creed because Creed. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we're going to see Creed because he's a good actor or because we're just invested in the Creed franchise. And we want to see Jonathan Majors. Right. So, so yeah, man. So, so I, I talk way too much nope. as you, as you, as I've experienced. We haven't done this in so long. So, I mean, it's very nice. Um, is Michael B. Jordan a good actor? You made some very good points. And I, I too, I'm not going to say he can't act <laughs> as you, as you yeah. will say. Like it's, I mean, That's he's serviceable. That's for the joke. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the problem that Michael B. Jordan runs into and, and no, and no, he is, um, he, he's, he's not a good actor for, for, um, for the record. The problem he runs into is the same thing that The Rock and Will Smith have when it goes into their movies. How often have you seen Will Smith or The Rock disappear into their roles where you're not constantly thinking, I'm watching Will Smith in this movie, or I'm not, I'm watching well, Dwayne Johnson in this movie? Well, well, Will Smith is a much better actor, though. Yes, yes. I'm not, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But we also know that Will Smith spent most of his career playing a his public image of a super nice guy who, like, most of his roles are were the exact same roles that he just did over and over. So, I mean, he he was playing himself, as a lot of people said. And The Rock has not since his early career has not taken a risk on a role in forever where he's not and he tried to play a superhero and he's still Dwayne Johnson. He's still Dwayne Johnson. He's not a black Adam. He's Dwayne Johnson. That's why du uh, black Adam did what it did. Like people was like, uh, I don't, am I going to go see a new Dwayne Johnson movie? Eh, it's about superheroes. No, probably not. I'm not into that. I mean that that's, that's what happens. And I feel like Michael B. Jordan has become, especially with, he's, he, he's, he's a good looking dude, man. So I, I really feel like as far as, his his facial features and when he, he flashes a smile and everything like that, I feel like people see him and they see, they see this, this million dollar face and everything like that. So that's what they see when they see Michael B. Jordan. So roles that I feel like I've actually seen him disappear into, which is not that many. I, I'm I'm definitely going to say Killmonger for me, from the moment that they he went into that museum. It was Killmonger for me. Like, I didn't see him anymore. And, I'll, and like, you, I'm definitely going to say he was elevated by the rest of the cast. But I only saw Killmonger that whole role. That's why I came out such a fan of Killmonger because of his performance. Now, is that to say that if you put somebody else in the Killmonger role, would that mean that that role wouldn't be as iconic as it's become? And with all the, of course, he had the, the badass lines, throw me in the ocean like my ancestors. Would that mean that he, like their roles wouldn't be, like if somebody else came in, would that mean that they wouldn't do as well as him? Not necessarily, but in that role, and I don't know how often he method acts, Michael B. Jordan, but he did it and it kind of screwed him up, took him some dark places and he had to kind of back his way out of that. But I really feel like that's probably one of the few times He's truly committed to a role outside of um, that movie you mentioned earlier. Uh, what was last? What was San Francisco? What was it called? Last Black Man in San Francisco. Last, 
outside of Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I have heard good things about. And then when he was on The Wire, of course, he was a kid. But, of course, The Wire was critically acclaimed. It didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of attention while it was airing and while his character was alive. But at the same time, a lot of people can't get out of their head about that performance that he had on this critically acclaimed show. He's part of that ensemble cast that's so well, well known. So he gets a pass largely because of what he did in those in, in last black man in San Francisco and the wire and in Killmonger, of course, it's an MCU movie. It's the first um, Oscar-nominated MCU movie. Um, he has this iconic villain role, arguably a top five villain ever in the MCU, and then some will even debate that he wasn't the villain, which is something that you haven't seen a lot in the MCU. So he has that going for him. And then when it comes to Creed, all praise Coogler again, man. Because, yes, you had a phenomenal performance from Sylvester Stallone. Nobody was talking about Michael B. Jordan at award season. Me and you were talking about Sylvester Stallone. Everybody's talking about Sylvester Stallone. He won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. He was nominated for um, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. His performance as Rocky and essentially what could have been his last performance as Rocky was amazing. It was incredible. Nobody expected him to bring such... Obviously, we knew that he could do it. He, I mean, Rocky was a big deal when it first came out, but it became more about action, action, punchy, punchy. So by the time that we see another Rocky movie, we're like, oh, whatever. I got, uh, Michael B. Jordan's in it. I guess he's Creed's son. That's why I wanted to go see it. I was like, oh, it's a Rocky movie. There's going to be boxing in it. I love Rocky movies. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, that's fine. I'm going to go check it out. And as great as Sylvester Stallone is in it, I see so many different angles from... Adonis, Michael B. Jordan in this role, that at times he disappears into the role for me as well. Like, before Killmonger, because I didn't know it was coming, this was my favorite Michael B. Jordan role. And Fruitvale, I did think it was very good, but at the same time, like you said, if you put another talented black actor in the role of Oscar in that film, Fruitvale still works. But because him and Coogler were tight, it was him. And he got a lot of push from that being a true story, and then Coogler really elevated him. So again, I think Coogler is a big factor into how well he acts as well. So Fruitvale, Black Panther, Creed, you put, they're, they're a winning recipe. So I feel like in the first Creed film, he showed a lot of depth. Um, he showed a lot of heart. Like even when he, like the stuff, the scenes we have with Felicia Rashad, he seemed like he was angry, had a chip on his shoulder about his dad, but at the same time, cared about his mom. He he showed that he was well-raised and everything, but then when he went to the gym for the first time and he hopped in there and he ended up getting his ass kicked after the set in the second fight, it showed, oh, he can box. Same time, he ain't quite there yet. And shout-out to the, the cinematography and obviously the choreography for the fights. And and honestly, I, I've told you this before, Mark Rob. When I was watching Creed in the theater, when Creed got that first win, man, and, it, and the way that was shot, like the the 360 view of the the ring and everything i i like stood up in the theater it wasn't that many of us in there but when he had, he knocked him down i stood i was like like I, I was just in it i was in it like i'd never had been before and then once rocky got cancer i feel like donnie showed a lot of 
he showed anger towards that. But at the same time, he, he showed that he cared about Rocky. And especially when they went to the training montages with him training for the fight and Rocky, and Rocky, Rocky fighting against cancer. That was just, it pulled all the right heartstrings. His chemistry with Stallone was phenomenal. And it was completely missing in the second film, which is what another reason why the second film for me was disappointing. I was just like, like it just seemed like Rocky, again, he, Rocky was talking at him, Sylvester Stallone talking at him, and Adonis was just like reading his lines. Michael B. Jordan was reading his lines. He didn't feel like Adonis to me in the second one. It seemed like he was just there to get a second movie check and, you know, kind of bounce, get another good check after Black Panther came out, and that's what it felt like. Um, but the emotions I felt like he was able to display throughout the rest of Creed after Rocky recovers and they travel across for the final fight. I thought based off that, that, yeah, I, I feel like he could do something. So outside of his roles from the wire and the Coogler films, like anything else that he's been in, it's never really moved me like that. So while I do enjoy Michael B. Jordan flick, I have to agree that he cannot act. I, I, I mean, it, 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 or not that he cannot act, but he's just not a good actor. Um, some, he doesn't commit, like you said. It does seem like he's reading lines. And I don't, I don't know if, there's, if there will be future roles where he might be able to change that. Maybe gr the older he gets, the better he gets at it. But I kind of feel like Killmonger and Creed 1 was peak Michael B. Jordan. Um, I think Creed 3 will bounce back a little bit as far since he's directing it, obviously. And I think he was disappointed not to have Coogler on the second film, and he was just getting a check. But I do feel like it'll be more of a performance closer to what um, Creed 1 was. But at the same time, I can't say he's a good actor based off that. Yeah, so, um, so <laughs> I feel so... I feel bad. His name is Jimmy Fails. Uh, that's kind of a wild name to be as an actor, but, um, but no, nah, man. Like I, I, I just you sure I think he didn't that, change his name? <laughs> I mean, but no, nah, man. I, I would definitely recommend um, watching the Last Black Man of San Francisco. So if you, because you'll see even the even like even if you look at just his make jonathan's body in that mm -hmm. movie like he's he's not what he is right now like he's just a regular he's like a regular acting like actor like by like a regular dude but now like because he's in the mcu and he did creed 3 he's um he's like just jacked i, I so, saw my man doing a photo shoot man go ahead jonathan majors yeah so go ahead with your bad self so i mean well I didn't watch White Boy Rick, uh, but he was in White Boy Rick. Um, he was actually the funny thing is like I think I think Jonathan Major's career could have been in the I think in the wrong hands it could have been a little bit iffy mm -hmm. um, because he he was in like other like really 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 smaller stuff, but the right. thing that really put him over the edge. Um, Outside of Last Black Man in San Francisco, which he did in 2019, in 2020 is when he did the Five Bloods Spike Lee movie. Yes, um, and so that's what that that's the movie that made him like a real household name. And then, um, then he had like Harder to Fall after that, and then 
that's when um like the low key shit happened after that. Mm-hmm. Um so so yeah, I mean he like Jonathan Majors is like as a star, but it's um but I'm interested to see, especially since um Michael B directed, um, I know that Jonathan Majors is going to eat regardless. But I wonder I wonder how much editing will come into it to to maybe make him look better than Jonathan Majors. I don't feel like he might do that. He might let Jonathan Majors eat and recognize his limitations. But I, I wonder. I mean, we'll, I mean there's we'll there's like only so there's only so much editing you can really do. Yeah, <laughs> like especially so when you're I, Michael B. Jordan versus Jonathan Majors. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, because it's not like a spoiler, but like I said, like if you if you, if you watch the trailer, I watched the first trailer. And you've and you've seen Rocky three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've watched all the Rocky movies. So I have not seen Creed yet, and I'm fairly certain it's going to go along those lines. Mm-hmm. So like, and but that's kind of the thing with franchise films, and you keep going, you you kind of drawing from a source that's running out. Yeah. So like it, like the first movie was so great because you had Stallone and Coogler, like those are the those are the two main reasons, like Creed one worked, the direction of Coogler, plus his ability to write that good story. I thought Tessa and, and, and Michael B had some chemistry though too, Bianca uh, and, and 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 Donnie. I thought the first film they did, I thought they had no chemistry in the second one, with everything going on with the baby. Yeah, I mean, I don't even—I legit don't even remember the story of the second one. So I—I can't—I don't even—I know someone was going deaf. For those of you, (laughs) I know she was going deaf. There is a podcast called Hyphenation that I sat there and thought I was only going to do a quick review of Creed, and I spent like thirty minutes talking about how it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I can't remember the number, but if you just want to go Hyphenation, type in Creed, I I bet you you will get that information because I did the whole synopsis for you. Plug. So, uh, so, so what? So, like, I, I remember the the I remember the plot to Creed one. I have no clue what Creed two was. I don't. Remember, I know. I know who was fighting Drago's son. That that's Tessa about Thompson it. was going deaf. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, like, that's mm-hmm. that's like. But the thing is, like, so they they took it out of Kugler's hands. Um, I don't know if they took it out. They, I think he. I think he didn't want to. I think he didn't want to do the second one personally. I, I, as far as I know, maybe, maybe he did want to do the second one, but I, I thought he uh, he stepped away as director. I mean, well, no, not not to say like they stole okay. the movie from okay. him, but it's right. it's just not in his hands anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, well, the director that we trusted, he's not there. Well, the director and writer that we trust, he's not there. And then the the reason that Creed is a thing is because of Sly Stallone. Um, but then now for the Creed three, like he's not there either. Yeah, he's bad so and everything rocky because apparently he wants his money. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and and if he feels that way, that's that's what he feels like. But, um, but yeah, I man, I, I just don't really, um, I I don't I don't necessarily know where, uh, where his career kind of goes from here, like. Um, well, I know I read, uh, of course, you, I, I read his most recent interview that, that came out not that long ago. It was right around the time that he had started directing Creed. And apparently he has a couple deals on the table for first looks 
and things like that. And he has his own like production 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 company. Um, so he he has um, those opportunities. So he he's kind of lined up where he he's going to get shots at a lot of things, but. I don't necessarily know if that's going to make me feel any better about my opinion that he could be a better actor. It just means more opportunities for him to be in movies and play these roles and possibly make future future films based off that. Well, yeah, and that, when I say I don't know where his career kind of goes, I, I mean just like acting wise. Yeah, I, mean, I just he's, wanted he's, to chip that in. So, so yeah, so he's obviously like he's he's testing directing, mm-hmm. um, and so it has a favorable rating from people who've watched it. So, um, I mean, if that's where he wants to go with his career to shift is like a challenge, or with his production company, or if he like wants to like make an anime and then like produce that, then you know that that creative outlet that could probably work for him, especially as like the history yeah. and knowledge of loving anime. But I just think his skill is in acting. I I don't think that's I don't think I I don't think that that's the reason why, you know, you, you're checking Michael B. Jordan out at this point in his career. Right. Um, like I said, I, I think I think the apex of his acting will probably end up being Killmonger. Um, yeah, and, and and that's it. That that's that's nothing wrong with that. Like he like he's a part of one of the best. Comic movies of all time, Absolutely. and he's like the protect the the antagonist in that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, but the thing is, like, I think we're having this conversation, but I don't think there are people dying on the hill that he's a good actor. Though. No, so, no, I don't think so. so. So now, if that was if he were dying on that hill, that would then be super strange. Yes, to be very frank, um, but I don't think people are doing that. So. I don't know if this is like feels like kicking kicking a guy. I mean, he's not really kicking him while he's down. He just has his name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or whatever. So yeah, uh, you can't you can't kick someone who's down while they're winning. So um, absolutely, but this is just kind of, just like just his evaluation like as an actor. Like it's like it's like John David Washington. Like I don't think John David Washington's that good of an actor. Like and I mean, you can kind of have like the Nepo Baby conversation about him, but. Um, I mean, in Christopher Nolan's movie, he didn't give it a fucking name. Mm-hmm. Like, like he didn't even get a name in Christopher Nolan's movie. But, um, but uh, but it's kind of like, well, if he's not a good actor and he's getting Christopher Nolan films, where are the other talented people that are you know that are not getting these roles? But but it, I mean, you know, it's kind of is what it is. Director wants what they want to have for the role, so yeah. Um, but I think I think Michael B. Jordan and John David Washington are are outliers because I think I think mostly every other young black actor that we have is exceptionally skilled at acting, and so th- it's like weird that they're the outliers for that. But um, but like I said, everyone like mostly everyone that you see in like Black Panther or Wakanda Forever, um, all of them are gifted gifted actors for the very most part. Mm-hmm. Um Dan Kulu, but he was only he was barely in the first one, but you know, his body had worked for his whole career. Like he he's he's putting up numbers. Um shout out to Black Mirror, man. Yeah, so that was a that was a great Black Mirror episode. Uh, with him. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's like 
you know, some, I mean, some people are faces, some people are actors and it's rolling the dice of who, who's going to have a great career and not like, I mean, it's, this shit's all a gamble. So, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, so you, much you really don't know. I mean, someone like Jonathan Majors can put out like four duds in a row and then his career is over. And then we'll look back and say, wow, he had a nice run. He had some good abs, but <laughs> but then he faded into oblivion. So, yeah, so we so we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a joy while the ride lasts. Absolutely. So. So, so here's your dismount, Mark Rob. How did you feel in Black Panther Wakanda Forever when Shuri took the, the new heart-shaped herb? And then she uh she got visited by your boy Killmonger. <laughs> how how did you feel? See did you see it coming and how did you feel about it? Um it was kind of spoiled. Oh. Well I well let me actually let me let me preface it. Um you can only spoil something if you're I think I think you can only spoil something if you're looking forward to it. Okay. Um, and so I was like, I was like actively listening for podcasts on Wakanda forever. Um, because I didn't have, I didn't have an interest in seeing it to be very honest, Right. but I, I legit saw it mostly out of FOMO. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was your last and, MCU film. <laughs> I mean, I, I've said that about like, I've said that, about, I said that about, uh, Far gonna, From Home. Bro, I'll tell you right now, you so, don't need to go see Quantumania. Do not go oh, see I'm not saying that shit. If you're interested um, at some so, point, turn it on Disney Plus a few months from now, and that's it. It's fine. No, I, it's no, fine. I, I will. I will not have interest in saying Quantum Mania. It's fine. I know that. I know that for sure. Um, and I and the reason I've uh, and actually I and I can't even say what kind of forever is the last MCU movie want to watch because Cat has picked has chosen us for us to watch the last. Um, uh, Guardians movie, so oh, we will you're, be. You're watching so, Guardians three. Unfortunately, yes, I'm watching Guardians three. So, and and you know how I feel about Guardians two. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really I'm really watching it for the content of the episode. That's it. Um, but to answer your original question, yeah. Um, it wasn't. I I didn't know he was going to be in it, but I was listening to a podcast and they and they did talk about how he was in it. And when I saw him in it, and his his role in it is only for, you know, five ish minutes yeah, or whatever. About five. And I think the idea of him being kind of the smart ass and kind of thriving off people's negativity, I think that that worked. Um, all of his roles outside of Killmonger are always the protagonist. Um, but for whatever reason, when he's in that role of being the antagonist, he has found something in him that kind of works. Um, so his, 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 yeah. so his cameo in it worked, but I will say also, well, I'm, I'm talking about the skill of acting Yeah, as an, as an actor, he did a pretty a pretty good job for the role that he was given, but I'll be very honest about Wakanda Forever. Outside of the actors grieving Chadwick, I really didn't care for Wakanda Forever. Um, right? I like I'm I'm really because I'm so I'm so out of the MCU, the so out on the MCU that setting up the future properties 
none of it, none of it, none of it makes, none of it, none of it is really appealing. And also, I think the biggest flaw of the movie is you had the the villain of the movie, and his whole thing is basically he doesn't fuck with white people. And and if you look at Wakanda, if you look at the original Black Panther, and you look at Civil War, Wakandans technically don't fuck with white people either. Right. So you have in Wakanda Forever these two groups of people who have no real other. beef, right? And all of a sudden, you have one fascist saying, "If you don't help fight my wars, I'm going to kill you." And then another fascist saying, well, okay, we're just going to fight fight each other. Like, to me, like, that was the most nonsensical shit ever. And and it was kind of like, well, if you think about, I wrote it in my letterbox, but if you think about, like, the Wakandans in these two movies, you know, they've, they've almost collapsed due to following bullshit leaders, <laughs> like bullshit leadership. Like yeah. that's like that's yeah. all it is, and so it's like this is the second movie in a row where fighting for bullshit under bullshit leadership has almost led you to the brink of destruction. You know. Yeah, here we are. What up, you mutant miscreants? It is I, Orokosaki, aka the Shredder, here to tell you about the Shredhead Podcast, starring me, the Shredder, and my best friend, my main brain, the brains of the outfit I'm talking about, Krang. Krang is there. He's my producer. We have a podcast. It's utterly ridiculous. It's an insane premise. Uh, to top it all off, I I haven't even seen the Ninja Turtles in years, but we're primarily talking about hoops. Yes, the national, the national BA, the W national BA. Um, oh damn it! I've run into the lyrics. I'm sorry, but just check out the Shredhead podcast. It's me. It's crying. It's crazy. T'Challa had it. He fumbled it. Now Shuri has it. She's fumbling it. Like. You know, I don't. I don't want to keep seeing these black people get their asses kicked, like needlessly at that. Like right. it's not like they're fighting to. It's not like they're fighting, you know, for something grander. They're just out here. And in in, uh, in Infinity War, Black Panther, and in Wakanda Forever, they're fighting bullshit wars on behalf of other people for the most part. Yes, like um, Infinity War, like they're they're fighting for their planet. So they're fighting for half of life. So. You can make the argument for that, but the other two movies, it was just kind of like, uh, all right. Um, <laughs> well, I guess um, they're in charge now. Let's do what they say. Yeah, and so if you, if you think about Black Panther one, and this is a this is a problem with the last phase of Marvel, is everything is leading is everything is so purposefully leading up to something else that none of it feels natural. Yes, like you like you didn't feel that in the first like uh you didn't feel that in the first phases no of these of the marvel movies and so black panther it was not burdened with telling the t'challa story and then also we're going to set up for wakanda forever or we're going to set up to whatever property after our movie mm-hmm. it was just they were telling they were telling the death of t'challa's dad him becoming a leader him faltering and him rising up 
to to kind of face you know his challenge yeah it it wasn't worried about i need to take 30 minutes to set up a kingdom of other people so we can eventually give them a property on another movie or another tv show that you may or may not care about Mm -hmm. um so it, it it so Coogler, and I feel bad because it's kind of like, well, he kind of has to do that. Like, if you're going to have a Marvel movie, like, you have to set up the other future properties. Um, so I think the first half of the movie, which is really literally them just grieving the death of Chadwick. And then the the cape, like, the idea of the blurred reality of, I know these actors are technically mourning a character in the story, but they're not doing that. They're mourning the death of someone who they viewed as a friend and family right. and they're tapping into something way deeper than what actors should be tapping into. Like, and I think another, I think, I think the performances that they all gave in that respect, even though Leticia Wright is a little questionable, I think she did an extraordinary job of tapping into that, the depth of, I, I I'm pulling something deep from me that's incredibly saddening, mm-hmm. and I'm just putting it out there on, on camera, right? Which is and very so hard I, to do. And so very for wrong place to be in. And so for Angela Bassett, I think she did the she did the exact same thing, but I think her immense talent for you know decades at this point boosted it. Um, I think in a lot of ways, like she was the leader of them, so. They they kind of followed her charge in that, and she did an amazing job with it. And I think everything outside of that just didn't work for me at all. Um, like I mean, they had they had to set up the 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 new Iron Man and the girl. They had to set up the yeah. <laughs> shout out to that tweet that was like, what, what, this movie was see Mexicans versus space Africans." <laughs> like like I, so yeah, they're basically that so they're basically setting up. Not only the new Iron Iron Girl, Iron Heart, Iron Heart. They're also they're also setting up this new kingdom for these new people, and then also they're setting up Elaine uh, Elaine Bennis in the MCU as <laughs> a villain, right? And then also they're setting up the white guy to do some other shit, like 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 they just got burdened with so much dumb shit, and I, to me. It just feels like if you're setting up something, if you're setting up like an episode of television where you're trying to like, you're setting up like different stuff like that, like for a movie, it just, I don't find it interesting. And I don't have a problem that other people did. Like other people can think that is, that's a good thing, especially if, I think for Marvel fans who, and we even kind of talked about this, like, you know, like two years ago at this point too. Where we kind of when we asked, you know, after they moved away from the original Avengers, is the MCU something that's worth investing in? And I know for a lot of folks, the answer to that is yes. Like a lot of folks love Moonlight, a uh, Moon Knight. They love uh, Loki, and the new Loki series is going to happen. Uh, they they like uh, Miss Marvel, She Hulk. Like those are things that people are finding like you know, real joy in. And for me, like, I don't have a problem with that, but I'm not a television watcher. Like, you know, I, I just don't, I, I didn't expect I would be that anti TV until they just kept 
pumping out television products. Mm-hmm. And so I I think I watched I only watched like the first episode and a half of of Winter Soldier and uh Hawk. Uh what uh not Hawk uh Falcon um, and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Falcon and Winter I watched like the first episode and a half of that. I wasn't interested in that. I watched um I did watch all the way through um the uh Maximoff show. Uh WandaVision. Uh, but then I never watched the movie. So I so so the show set I up the movie. Mark Rob, that um for Multiverse of Madness, I think you would Loki enjoy um Wanda's performance in that film. I think I, that that her performance was what made that film for me. Um I, I enjoyed Doctor Strange for whatever Doctor Strange things he was doing. But Wanda really was what did it for me. I know you're not going to rush and watch it right now, but um, if you ever get that that chance, I think you would enjoy Wanda in that film. All right. So, I mean, and the funny, I I like the original Doctor Strange, and I I thought the TV show was actually fairly decent. Um, but but yeah, man, like I I just think that if they committed to the if they I know they like put a pause on. I think they kind of put a pause on everything and they're trying to reevaluate everything because they, I think they put out, they put out so much product because of the pandemic and it was so condensed that nothing really felt like an event. It just felt like the next thing. Right. Um, like I, like, I, I didn't even know Ant-Man was coming out until literally like a day before I was like, Oh shit. Ant-Man comes out this weekend. Like, yeah. So they, they went, they went no to anticipation. Yeah, they they went to, and I think it was because of the pandemic, and they probably would have had better success of staggering products in 2020 and 2021. Right. But because everything got so condensed, they couldn't. And so they pumped everything out too quickly, and then they kind of ran out of gas. Um, I think they, if they had like a recommitment to telling singular stories, and then if the stinger happens to sting, then that's okay. But you just can't have, you just can't keep your films introducing new, new property. And then you always have to follow the needle on that. Like sometimes you just want to watch just the movie and then that's it. Like if I only watch Black Panther, you don't, I mean, if you watch just Black Panther and that's it, mm-hmm. you would leave thinking that 10 out of 10. Yes. Great. Yes. But the thing is, it's like, well, I watched Wakanda forever and now you have four different properties in one movie trying to do something else. And it's yeah. like, it, it's just, it's just way too much. It's just way, way, way too much. And I think hopefully they do get a rain on that. Uh, because even like Quantum Mania, I I know I I never even watched it, but I know it's it's purposely setting up Jonathan Majors to do more in the 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 Kang Dynasty or whatever they want to call it. I don't know what right. call it. It's Kang Dynasty. But yeah, but yeah, but they're setting it up for more properties anyway. So it's like it's just like the domino effect, but at the same time, like. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just so exhausting. It's it just feels so exhausting. And so I'm gonna let you um, know the secret, Mark Rob. 
I'm kind of feeling the same way, and I, and it makes me sad because you know I've been hanging in there for a while. I mean, so were you, so how many other TV shows have you watched? I've watched everyone other than Finishing Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. I've I've seen all the TV shows. Have you, have you seen all the movies? Yes. I've seen all the movies, including Eternals, but I was high and I was in the movie theater. I went to Alamo and I was eating food and I was like, damn, I don't know if I like this movie, but I was also not in the right state of mind. So by the time I I got sober, I was like, that wasn't very good at all. And I've never revisited it. So so I'm I'm more interested in your thoughts because we were at one point we were definitely both equally invested, but mm-hmm. We definitely hit the divergence. Well, so I was going to save this for hyphenation at some point, but I might as well practice my takes now. Um, uh, Quantum Mania was just just fine. Like coming, the last film was was Wakanda Forever, and I and I did enjoy that one. I enjoyed Multiverse of Madness. Um, usually MCU movie, other than Eternals. Um, even Black Widow, I I, I liked them. I, I liked them. I found good things about them. I, and I was like, yeah, I could totally see myself sitting down to rewatch at some point. Ant-Man 3, man, like, th- like it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp is barely in it. Hope is barely in it. Yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. They put Bill Murray in it, who, of course, is now getting accused of, of doing dirt to women, which is not cool. Um... He was. I don't know if they lessened his role. He was probably in the movie for about fifteen minutes, but, and I've been the biggest Bill Murray fan since Ghostbusters, man, and I just couldn't stand to watch him on the screen at all. I I just was not feeling it whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Ant Man was fine. Like I mean, there there was no character development for him. Like Cassie was questioning him about about what do you do next? And he's like, I saved the world. I don't have to do anything next. And he wrote a book and all and all this stuff. Him and the new Cassie had good father-daughter chemistry, but, and Michael, Michael Douglas is in there, and I, I kind of felt like he was just in it to be in it. Jonathan Majors did what he could with what, what screen time he was given. Honestly, he did have a, he was the main villain, but at the same time, he was not, they didn't want to make him too powerful because obviously they're waiting to bring him back for the Avengers film um, a couple years down the line and he's going to be in the Loki TV show which they, they alluded to at the end of the credits and everything like that um, Janet uh, shout out Michelle Pfeiffer love you Janet was really good in this film she carried a lot of the weight because she was in the quantum realm which we found out which we knew she disappeared in the quantum realm then we got her back from the quantum realm in Ant-Man and the Wasp and in this film, they, they went back and then there's all these secrets she didn't choose to tell anybody. So there, the thing that killed me with this film, and I do like it. It is a good film. It's good. That's it. G-O-O-D, all lowercase. It's good. The thing that bothered me was there's a couple opportunities in this film for there to be real stake, something really serious to shake up, like really shake the status quo, be like, you come out of there like, oh, oh shit! I can't believe they actually did that, and they they didn't they didn't they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They had two opportunities. Uh, spoilers for anybody listening, but I felt like, eh, if you kill Hank Pym, that that's a big deal. 
Go ahead and write him off yeah. the franchise. If Hank doesn't make it out of the franchise alive and Kang, Kang violently kills Hank, that's a big deal. That 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 immediately gets Scott pissed off and uh, and Hope. Uh, that's her dad. They they have this grudge against Kang. They have a, a blood vendetta. You you can build off of that. That's something that you can go a bunch of ways. Like uh, you could you could have Hope or Scott like even like going to um, I don't know taking a harder edge and stuff and 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 changing who they are and who we've known them as to become these different people because they're so hell bent on getting revenge on Kang for for killing Hank. Uh, like I said, Hope's dad and Scott's benefactor. Uh, that that would have been a great opportunity. Nah, he was just around for jokes, and he put his arms in these these little tube things to fly the ship in the quantum realm, and that was supposed to be funny. And the other part was, there's a great battle at the end of the movie, and Hank, or sorry, Scott sacrifices himself to make sure Cassie goes back through the portal to get out of the quantum realm. He's left there with Kang. Him and Kang have this knockout drag down drag out fight and i was like scott's gotta die scott's gotta die kill scott kill scott kill scott spoilers he, he he's fine he's fine he's fine oh yeah yeah and i was like i i get that this is the film you chose to introduce him in and you want him to have a bigger role later have kang do something that's really going to leave people leaving the theater like oh crap like i just saw, i just saw some shit where's the mcu going to go from here and they didn't do it and they have one last chance to do it mark rob and both um uh hope and scott are stuck in the quantum realm there's no portal they defeated kang but they're stuck in the quantum realm it's like okay so if they're stuck in the quantum realm with no way to get them out then you've taken away two main characters from cassie you can develop cassie in her role and and kind of start developing her to become the new Ant-Man in the MCU while Scott and Hope are in the quantum realm trying to figure things out for a while. Again, another opportunity to eliminate characters and build new ones and tell new stories. Not even three minutes after Hope and Scott both got stuck in the quantum realm, a portal opened up and Cassie brought them home. And, and, and that was it. It's like... Y'all missed three big opportunities to do something that would really send people home like, wow, the MCU still got it. Because honestly, there hasn't been a ton of moments in the MCU films where, other than Infinity War, where something happens to a, a protagonist or, or major death happens and it's like, that's how the movie ends. It's always like they, they find a way to, to put a bell on it and make it a happy ending. I felt like this movie needed more gravitas in order for it to be the first film of Phase 5. And it wasn't. It was just good. It was a fun ride. It'd be a cool movie to throw on while I'm doing stuff around the house. Uh, but it just it just didn't click all the buttons I needed it to. And it, that was really disappointing. After And, and Shang-Chi and... And Black Panther Forever are probably my best, my favorite films that came out of Phase Four, and this this was not the step in the right direction. So I I'm gonna go see Guardians. I will go see um, I can't think of the name of it, but the, the Miss Marvel um, movie, um, Captain Marvel movie that's coming out in November. Now they pushed it back. Um, Marvels maybe it's called. I, I'm not sure. I, don't uh, know I think Marvel's it's. In it. Uh, is it like 
it's not like Marvel's Marvels or whatever, right? It's no. Like, um, but no, it's gonna be it's gonna be Captain Marvel's gonna be Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is gonna be Monica. Yes, Lambeau, Monica Rambo. Right? Monica Rambo. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go see that, and I'm not excited about Guardians three. Guardians two, um, while it had a good plot, I feel like I, I said this on something not too long ago. I felt like that they figured out they were funny. And in the first one, and they're like, let's do more of that. And then that's why I didn't connect as well with me the second one. I didn't watch the Christmas special, the holiday special with um with uh, Drax. I have not watched that. And honestly, like, I kind of can't stand watching Chris Pratt now because I know he's a piece of shit. So going to see a movie <laughs> starring Star-Lord is not right up my alley, but I'll go see Guardians 3 because it's the last... Um, gun film in the franchise and he's leaving and Batista's leaving everything. I want to see how they they put a put a bow on that and I'm hoping that from the trailer it looks like everybody's going to get fucked up. Um, so I'm hoping that they have some serious stakes that come out of that because even in regular storytelling, Mark Rob, if you're sitting down to write a story, there has to be stakes. You can't just have... Things kind of happen and then they figure it out, and things kind of happen and they figure it out. There, there's got to be major things that's happening to move your story along, and the MCU is just treading water right now, and that's why I'm not. I I'm kind of feeling the same, not on the same way as you, is where you just don't care anymore. But um, I, I'm I'm just feeling that disappointment that I've never felt with the franchise, and I knew this day would come. But you know, it's just it's sad when it, you feel like it's starting to rough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. If you, I think if you look at the first, um, so it was um, so was Far From Home technically the was that technically the last Phase Three movie or the first Phase Four movie? That would have been uh, first Phase Four, I believe, because Black Black Widow. Well, Technically, Black Widow, I guess, would have been the first Phase Four film, but it was a, it was a flashback movie. Um, but I would I would say Far From Home would have been the first one. Yes. All right. So, well, um, did Shang Chi come out before Far From Home or No Way Home? No, they um, came out. They came out before. Yeah, they okay. came out before. Phase Four, Marvel. So, phase four technically starts with Black Widow, mm -hmm. then Shang Chi, okay, then Eternals, then No Way Home. Okay, we kept saying Far From Home, but yeah, No Way Home. I mean, that's what you get when you name your movies all three of them Home. Other and 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 Home literally, I it, I didn't think about this since like last week. Home means nothing, like yeah. like <laughs> Spider Man Homecoming. There's, well, there's there a homecoming, homecoming dance. dance. Yes. That's it? You named a whole movie after a dance that he doesn't go to? <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I didn't think about that until last fucking week. Like, the home means nothing in these fucking, in those titles. I yeah. And, you know, God I, God bless it, but come on, man. It's yeah. just so silly. Far from home, of course, well, they were in Europe. And No Way Home was that uh, the villains and the Peters had No Way Home until... Uh, Peter Peter one figured out how to send everybody home, man. Yeah, man. So I, I so I know phase one 
there was no clue how big the shit was going to get. Absolutely not. Like it, it was no no way to it was no way to forecast the gargantuanness of this um, phase two, which a lot of people like. A lot of people don't like Iron Man three. A lot of people don't like Dark World. We like World. Iron Man three. That's all that matters. Yeah. I like Dark World. You like Dark World too. I think too. Don't you? I like Dark World more than. than... You like Dark World more than um, um, third one. What's the third one called? Some shit. <laughs> Some shit. Oh, and Ragnarok. Love and Ragnarok, Thunder was a yeah. fucking mess. It was a mess. I I somehow got again like they they made Thor as uh, I ain't trying to rant on it man I, I'm not trying to I'm 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 saving it for the pod I really am because I, right. I, so, I am but so okay maybe this is just a dismount so follow yeah. me for the dismount so phase one we had no clue where any of this is going to lead to and to be honest did they know where this where all this will lead to likely no yeah. um, phase two. It had it, it 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 began as a mixed bag, but then you got Winter Soldier, then you got Guardians, then you got Ultron, then you got Ant Man, which was a sleeper at the time, mm-hmm. and then Phase Three. This, even though I hated two Ga- Galaxy Two, just listen to this run: Civil War, mm. Doctor Strange, mm. Galaxy Two, Homecoming. Then people love Ragnarok. I hate it. People love it. But there's Ragnarok. Then you got OG Black Panther. Then you got Infinity War. Mm. Then you got Ant-Man and Wasp, which was a sleeper again. Mm-hmm. Then Captain Marvel, which, you know, uh, you know girl power. Uh, then, then we got Endgame. And then we got Far From Home, which is is a bit mid. It's a little bit mid. I, it, I can it's say it's grown on me more uh, from the initial viewings. Again, I think it was the hangover from Endgame, but... I do enjoy the trilogy. And so phase four is just a lot of stumbles. Black, a lot of stumbles in the mid. Uh, Black Panther, I'm sorry, Black Widow. Uh, Shang-Chi, which I think is solid. Yeah. Eternals, which no one really liked. No Way Home, which I think was solid. Multiverse of Madness, no which Way people Home said was, was solid. No Way Home wasn't great because of it being an MCU movie, though. It was a great Spider-Man film, just just out and out Spider-Man film because it was a love letter to the first three. That's and it. so well, is the first this, three is this and the, the second two. Is that the last MCU movie that was not concerned about franchise movies? Yeah, I, like yeah, like it was literally a a Peter Parker movie. Is Spider Man movie? No Peter Parker. They needed three of them motherfuckers. Um, so yeah, and so and, and when you think about like, it's not worth even Shang Chi. If you think about it, even though they're going to like get him in the mix to be an Avenger eventually, they didn't. They weren't really setting up extra shit in that. That's why it worked because it was character focused. Like like yeah. like you started the whole conversation about everything has to have building blocks now, but No Way Home didn't have it, Shang Chi didn't have it, the first half of Black Panther didn't have it, um, and and it worked incredibly well. Multiverse of Madness, like the actual, the the Doctor Strange versus the actual villain, you know who the villain is in Multiverse, right? 
No, no spoilers. Her? It's it's Wanda. Yeah. So yeah. Wanda turning heel and becoming the bad guy. I, I know how. I know. I know where her fate is. Yeah. So uh, her fate. She. She. Ain't, yeah. Whatever. Um. That. But that. That was what made the movie. That heel turn and then her battling Doctor Strange and then her taking out Professor X and 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 Reed Richards and from the other multiverses and stuff like that. That that stuff was all terrifying and super dope because Raimi got to put his horror edge on it. Um, so when it's character driven stuff, it works incredibly well still. But when it's stuff like this, where it's like, all right, guys, we got to get Kang in the movies. Where are we going to put him? He was really, it was cool to see him at the end of Loki. Where should we start him? Yeah, you in the back. Ant-Man and Wasp 2. Ant-Man and Wasp 2. Yeah, we could have him start in the Quantum Realm. Ooh, the Quantum Realm. That would be a great idea. Yeah. I'm ranting. I'm ranting. You know, you know the thing I think they actually should do. What's that? I think they should. I think they should eliminate telling us future projects. I, yes. I think they should. I think they should flat out just not announce future projects anymore. The announcements are. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I agree, and I feel like they didn't start doing that until like what after Phase Two. They really were like, okay, these are the next movies that's coming out, and then it yeah. was cool because. They had this nice bill going, and and they had successfully managed flew the plane so far. So everybody wanted to see how it was going to land. But I would not be mad if they stopped because, like, just just give me your releases for the year. It was like, okay, this is going to come out this year, or like it's like, oh, it's twenty twenty four. We have this, this, and this, and we're going to do this TV show. That's what you're going to get. That's all I need to know. Don't tell me what I'm going to see in twenty twenty seven, please. Because they they literally have told us the release dates of phase six movies when phase five only has one movie. One movie. And and and, and it sucked. So 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 it it just doesn't make sense of you obviously know that you're resetting from the original Avengers. Mm. We're in a new saga. Yep. But nothing has been established. So why publicly commit to something that you don't know actually is working i mean it, it, they're doing it for the money because they know these movies will generate money and that's all they care about then okay i've heard more and, and think, about cocaine bear than quantum mania because cocaine bear was actually entertaining like, <laughs> cocaine cocaine bear it left it gave you what the what the trailer said it was going to give you it gave you a cocaine bear it didn't give you the the cocaine Attic Animal Kingdom universe, it gave you Cocaine Bear, like it gave you O'Shea Jackson Jr., it gave you shit, you know, it gave you Ray Liotta, R.P. to the God, like, R. P. To the God. you know, it's it's not trying to set up, you know, and the funny thing, even with the success, you if you see Cocaine Bear two, the rise of the Coke Bears, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> of that, but at the same time, it's not beholden Shout to out that. To Elizabeth Banks, man. She directed that film. So, that's that's awesome. Been a fan so, of Scrubs. So yeah, man. So I, I I just think that I think if they are revisiting everything, then don't I think they should literally like even if they keep the schedule, just say, you know what, we we kind of we recognize that we've given you too many TV shows all at once. We gave you a high number of TV shows. We want to have everything, you know, catch up to itself. 
regroup. We're going to take Let these you go movies. back and actually rewatch some of the other stuff that's come out that you may have enjoyed, but there was a movie coming out another month later or a TV show. Yeah, because even if they said, so everything in 2023, the schedule for this year will remain the same, but beyond this, we're going to... We're going to scrap the dates. We're going to let the movies this year speak for themselves. And then throughout the year, we'll, we'll revisit the properties. We'll revisit the movies. And then internally, we'll develop a schedule. And then we'll communicate the year's schedule to you. Because it, it makes no sense telling us that Secret Wars is coming out May of 2026. When May of 2026... Yeah, they told us it's a 2026 movie when we don't even know if movie theaters would be alive in 2026. Good you point. know, it's it's just it's just a lot a, of assuming. It's just a, a a real weird, strange boxes they put themselves into. Like they they this is the definition of working yourself into a shoot. Yeah, like yes, like this is. is all of their doing. Um. So I think they really do need to to just slow everything down and just really kind of figure out like, well, how do we make how do we make this event this event worthy again? Yeah. Like black the original Black Panther was an event. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, even you know, even you know, we, we you know, we both really, you know, feel kind of whatever about Ragnarok. But there was at least an energy around Ragnarok mm -hmm. that, and when it came out and the people who really liked it, you were hearing people talk about liking Ragnarok. You know, it's, it's just, you know, we just don't even feel like Ant-Man, like in Ant-Man and the Wasp, where that was a word of mouth movie. Like it was, a, it, there were movies I didn't watch. But I heard rumblings that people liked it, and yeah, then I, I, mean, I, and that I made told me you to go watch Ant Man when we first started talking about MCU on the pod. I was like, "Yeah, you should watch Ant Man, man. It's it's actually pretty good." I said, yeah, "Pretty good." So, I didn't just say it's it's good. It's it's cool. I, yeah, I, said, so, I gave it a hearty endorsement. So I I just don't think we we're just not in that era anymore. It's just mm. like we're gonna put out the slate, and you have to keep up to watch everything. And you know it, it's just not. I think the fun, like something like Incredible Hulk, uh, the the TV show She Hulk, um, you know, I kind of wish that wasn't pancaked in between other shit. Like, yeah. it's it's the first. I mean, even though like Scarlet Witch had her series, like, I think they, I think that could have been a series that kind of governed its own steam, but right. it was thrown in the midst of Moon Knight and then the, um, and then the, uh, the, the, the Marvel girl show, the Miss Marvel, Miss mm -hmm. <laughs> Marvel. I was going to say she Marvel, <laughs> she Marvel. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, it's just so many fucking, so many fucking names. To remember. I'm old, man. I can't hear these fucking names, man, but I feel you, but nah, well, man, they, they, just, my friend. they just got to figure out a way to make this shit like exciting again, man. Like yeah. they got, they have to figure a way to, and like for me, like, like I said, like, 
I don't have excitement over these movies, but I still, through the zeitgeist, like, I still kind of am in the mix on everything. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I haven't, I haven't watched a single of She-Hulk. Uh, I haven't watched Moon Knight, but I at least follow people who cover that stuff. Right. Um, and so I, I like know through osmosis, like kind of the, at least the, the raw points of it. Mm-hmm. But if it was something that it wasn't like, if it was interested in movies, if, if we got like a, if She-Hulk was a movie on its own that was interesting and people were talking about it, I may have, you know, wanted to check it out with Cat for an episode. Right. Um, so, you know, but it, it was, it was like, what well, it was like, um, wasn't there like seven TV shows in a two year time span or some shit like that? Yeah. So, wasn't there like seven that, that Marvel sound, properties in one that year? That sounds right. So, so WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, Miss Marvel, Loki, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Hawkeye. So that's seven. And then what if eight, um, and then they had their their behind the scenes show. So that's nine. Um, yeah, there there's been quite a few, quite a few. Yeah. So so yeah, man. So this is what this is what came out in. Hold on, I'm trying to get to it, man. Because <laughs> because it. It's a little, it's a little kind of egregious, man. Um, because they, because they had three movies come out last year, mm-hmm. but I think they had like four TV shows last year. Yeah, it was Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, um, She Hawk, and um, what was the other one? I may or may not have just listed it. I guess it was technically only three last year. So 2022, it was Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk. Okay. But they, but they also in 2022, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, and Wakanda Forever. They dropped se- seven things altogether: movies and TV. Yeah, and, and 2021, it was it was Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, No Way Home, and then. On the TV end, Falcon. Mm-hmm. Actually, on on the TV end, WandaVision, yeah, Falcon, mm-hmm. Loki, yep. What If, mm-hmm. and Hawkeye. So they dropped five TV products in 2021 on top of the four movies they dropped. That's just way too much. That's way too much. It's way too much. Didn't give them time to miss them. Like, way too, way too much, man. So, so yeah, man, they, they really have to slow all this shit down, man, for real. I think that's what's best. They need to slow shit down and stop announcing stuff way ahead of time, like you said. And, you know, like, just really let people just focus. I heard that they even took, I'm, I'm sure you heard it too, they pulled... Um, visual effects resources from Ant-Man for Wakanda Forever and so a lot of people were saying they thought some of the CGI was funky on Quantumania because they literally pulled people from working on Ant-Man to finish on Wakanda Forever and they never let them go back to work on Ant-Man 
I mean, we're kind of in the midst of, I think, visual effects artists wanting to unionize, okay. uh, which I'm definitely pro. Absolutely. Um, uh, not only this, but just like not only Marvel shit, but um, all these visual effects folks are getting overrun. Um, and that's that is the result of the pandemic. Uh, that is a result of, again, the kind of the, the, the staggered effect of if we would not have had the pandemic, well, we've got nine Marvel properties in 2021, likely no, but at the same time, like this is the reality that we have now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eventually all that shit is going to log jam and it, it has log jam. Like we're now feeling it. And so, you know, um, pulling, pulling that team to work on Wakanda forever and then, you know, leaving something incomplete, like that's, you know, that's, that's not really surprising. They don't really do, they don't move like, and a part, and a part of the reason why they don't move stuff back and the reason that they make these announcements are for shareholders and are for investors. So you can at least forecast potential earnings for these, for these products. Right. Everything comes down to um, capitalism. So, so even though you know, we talked about it will be the best thing for them to do, like you know, it's just kind of not a reality that they want to actually face. Uh, but it's kind of the, the straining of resources um, for the like visual effect team. Like it's it's not really surprising. Like the funny thing is, if anything, that should prompt more film and television to go away from that. But you cannot have a Marvel movie, a superhero movie without CGI. Like, like these, this, this isn't Hawkeye, <laughs> you know, like, right. like, you know, like I, I heard that for quantum mania, like the first, I guess like 10 minutes are in like the quote unquote real world. And then you're in the quantum realm for like two and a half hours after that, basically. Yes. Yep. So, so you're literally in a a, a like a maybe a two hour ten minute situation to where from eighty to ninety percent, eighty to a hundred percent in some cases of what the person is seeing is is going to be a visual effect or manipulated by visual effects, mm-hmm. and so that's one movie. This is not counting what's the other properties in Marvel. It's not counting your properties in DC movies, DC TV shows, just other random, you know, movies and television. Like all this shit's going to log jam. It has log jam. So, you know, um, I read, I read, like, like I said, I read, like, uh, I think it was this week or last week that visual effects artists are thinking about unionizing to protect their rights. Um, and they definitely should, because yeah. because uh, uh, the the overwork and underpay, like you know, never a that combo. that is uh, that is the worst combination uh, for uh, for the working class. So, Absolutely, man. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, if they do unionize and they even strike until they get a union formed, I, I would be definitely for that. And if it means some movies getting delayed coming out, then that's what it means, man. That's but what it is. You got to protect these people's rights. Man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So, uh, 
Uh, if you want to put that on just a, a hyphenation episode, that's fine. I say we can do hyphenation, or I give it to you, and you can use it for. We should do this again sometime. Whatever you want to do, like you mean the MCU side, you keep the Creed side, the Michael B. Jordan Actually, side? no. I I think if you want to keep it all, I'm I'm more than fine with that. Okay. Um, This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?